Hello, this is Graham Cook. Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. If you're a Bible believer, then you have simply got to practice the truth that it contains. Because here's the thing, if you don't practice the truth, you don't believe it. If you don't practice the word, you don't know it because in the Bible, knowledge and experience are one and the same thing. God doesn't want you to know truth in your head. He wants you to know truth in your heart and through your life, through your eyes, through the way that you see people, the way you talk to people, the way you walk around in the world. He wants you to have experiences with him that touch people around you. And he is granting you peace in every circumstances. He has also allocated patience to us in all the difficult places. I have people in my life whose role seems to be to empower me to become patient. And no doubt I probably have that role in other people's lives. But let's not talk about that, right? <laughs> 2 Timothy 2.24 says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, and patient when wronged. When we are wronged, we all want to defend ourselves. We want to let everyone know that we've been wronged. The Bible says, why don't you just practice patience? Romans 15.5 says, May the God who allocates, who gives patience and encouragement, grant you to be of the same mind. So what if God is giving you encouragement and patience in all of your circumstances? Sometimes I think we're more clued into the way the world works than we are to the way heaven works. The Bible says we are citizens of heaven living here on earth, and we are in the world, but we are not of it. So at some point, beloved, we have got to stop taking our cues for life from the world around us, because the world really has got nothing to teach us about living properly with Jesus. We're taking our cues from the kingdom of heaven because you are a citizen of heaven living here on earth. That means you are an altogether different proposition, and things are available to you that are not available to people in the world. And the Lord wants you to be overwhelmed and be full of those things so the world can catch the overflow in such a way that you are walking into someone's life can make such a big difference just because you're there. You can bring the peace of God. You can bring the joy of the Lord. You can bring the love of God into someone's life because you're overflowing with the presence of Jesus And that is what it means to be made in his image. It's an overcoming lifestyle. 1 Peter 2.20 says, For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if you do what is right and suffer for it, and you patiently endure it, this finds favor 
with God. You know, when there is some unjust thing going on in your life, the Lord is saying, don't take retribution on a natural level. If you will take on board patience and patiently endure it, then his favor will actually come into your life and circumstances, and he will sort it out better than you could possibly imagine. It's a wonderful thing to be able to prosper when things are going badly around you. How about Luke 6.35, too, when Jesus said, Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. I think we're so concerned sometimes that someone is going to take advantage of us. One of my personal values is divine advantage. What does that mean? Well, I have several businesses, and everybody I do business with has to be advantaged. What does that mean? I'm not trying to take advantage of anybody. I am concerned about the people I work with, about the people I do business with. I want them to do well. One time we had our usual round of suppliers come and talk to us about, well, you know, we're cutting our rates for next year because we want to keep your business. So I'm having this kind of conversation with one of the guys who's come, and he said, Graham, we really appreciate your business, so we want to cut your rate by 3% this year. And I just looked at him and I said, that's not going to work for me. And he said, oh, well, uh, if I talk to the boss, I'm pretty sure we could get it up to 5%. I said, no, you don't understand. The reason it's not going to work for me Because if your company cuts your rates this year, you are not going to get the same commission you did last year. And you need to know that I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with you taking a cut in your commission because I know you've got a son going into college. I know you've got expenses because your kids are growing. You know, the bigger they are, the more clothes cost. It's just extra cloth, you know. So I'm not happy with this. I said, my concern right now is, are you going to be able to manage on less commission than you had last year? And he's a little flustered. He said, well, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. I said, yeah, but that's not good enough for me. I can't do business knowing that you're going to be disadvantaged. I just don't feel right about it. So I'm making a decision that I want your prices to be increased by 8% this year. I'm not accepting a 3% deficit on what I paid last year. I want to give more because I know that you can't outgive God. It's the best game in town, but I'll never win. So I said, you know, I'm, cons- I'm concerned. You need to earn more commission from our relationship than less. So I'm going to increase it. I've budgeted for an 8% increase. And he's sitting there, and he's like in shock, and he's looking at me, and then he starts to cry. He said, I've been in sales for 25 years. I've never had a conversation like this. I said, yeah, I know. Feels weird, huh? He said, I don't even have language for it. 
So I said, well, you'd better call your boss. And if he needs to have a word with me, you know, I'm happy to do that. Because I don't want you getting told off when you get back. So I said, listen, I'm just going to make a coffee. Do you want one? <laughs> he looked at me and he said, I think I need one. So I said, hey, you talk to your boss, I'll get you a coffee. So I come back in with a couple of cups of coffee, and he's talking to his boss, and he said, my boss wants to talk to you. So I get on the phone, and I say, hey, how's it going? And he said, is this right? You want to increase by 8%? I said, yeah. He said, why? I said, listen, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. One of my values is divine advantage. And it's really important to me that you guys do well. I like having you as suppliers. And he's like, I've never had this conversation with anyone before. And I said, well, dude, you're having it right now. Here's the fascinating thing. I have had several business phone calls from him. But he's never called me outside of that. But now he wants to talk to me. Here's the thing, my business has already increased to cover those things. So what am I really doing here? I'm using my business as a cover for the kingdom. When you apply kingdom principles to your business, the king shows up. I'm just saying, that's just the way it works. So God has allocated specific fruit of the Spirit so we can learn to grow up into Christ by practicing the nature of God to people in all of our life situations rather than coming under a negative mindset and reaction. I like practicing the fruit of the Spirit because it creates space in me for the kingdom to show up and break through. And I think it's one of the major keys to having a brilliant life and a great lifestyle in Jesus. So to learn more about how you can grow in the fruit of the Spirit, how you can develop a divine advantage in kingdom living, you can go to brilliantbookhouse.com and search for Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit. Or you can go to brillianttv.com and search for Transformation Through the Fruit of the Spirit. Both are great things to get stuck into. And I hope you'll do that.